0: Hello and welcome to the Open Labour Podcast. My name is James Gibson and I'm joined, I can say as always again, by Tom Hinchcliffe. Hi Tom. Strange to be back two times in a row. It's uh, it's getting all too familiar for me this. I oh, know, yeah. the, the listeners are very, very lucky, aren't they? But actually I shouldn't just call you Tom Hinchcliffe anymore, should I? I should call you Councillor Tom Hinchcliffe because oh, huge congratulations are in order for your huge win Last Thursday. God, was it last Thursday? Was it uh, Thursday before?
1: <laughs> Thursday before, I think. it it's going I'm fast, going, hasn't it? Going, I'm sure it really it's fast hard. for you too. We're hurtling towards payday, which is good news. I mean, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, And I'm very pleased with the result, as you can imagine. Uh, First time candidate, did not expect a decent majority, but got nearly 2,000. So I'm really pleased. Wow. Not down to me, it's down to the work of the campaigners and down to the... Positive message coming out of Leeds City Council and the Labour Group and the Central Party, it must be said at the moment. Um, so yeah, everyone's really pleased in Leeds. We did very, very well. Um, but I know we did well across the country. Uh, not the stonking victory that people chalked us up for. I think um I think it was somebody in the Times, I can't remember which journalist, but the day before polls, he wrote anything less than their 10-point victory for Keir Starmer is a disaster. Well, Frankly, these people would have us win a general election with the 200 majority and it'd still be somehow a disaster. So i paid no attention to them, but yeah, overall. Well, we said that, didn't we, on the last
0: podcast. And, and this podcast is a bit of a sum up reflection, if you like, on the last um, set of local elections and, and I guess what's happened in the interim. It's going to be short and sweet. Um, but I think the main point to take away is, is what you've said is that the, despite winning um how many councillors was it in the end i don't have my notes with me so oh, this oh, is bad oh, actually oh. i really am just just riffing here off the top of my head how many how many seats did we won in the end over 600 we, wasn't it we gained
1: 643 seats
0: 643 um and we said last time on the last pod anything over 500 we thought would be great because back in 1996 we only won 468 seats although I did check out we, we focused on 1996 I think probably we should have had a look at 1995 as well when we won over mm-hmm. 1,800 and 800- Seven seven seats, which wow. is absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? But regardless, we did say that anything over five hundred seats would be really pleased with them. There we go, we've got six hundred and forty three, and I know the percentage is—I think it's nine percent—lead um, in front of the Tories. But the thing that keeps that's come out quite a lot in, in the analysis—it was on the rest is politics. Podcast, and we shouldn't be plugging other podcasts here, but I'm. Sure to, uh, but then again, I don't. I think it would be cheeky of us to say that they're our rival, given that they probably have millions of listeners a week, and um, we have a few less than that. But anyway, so uh, shout out to the rest is, rest is politics podcast. Maybe Alistair and Rory could do us a favour one day and give us a shout out. Yeah, they, can, could, they could. come on here. They could
1: come on here and shout. Oh, out.
0: should we do that? Should we invite them? Of course. Anyway, the, the the point that they made on the podcast was that there was only a 9% lead because the Tories got 30, uh, 26% of the vote and we got 35 But I don't really understand why everybody's only talking about a 9% lead because Wales didn't have any local elections, nor did Scotland and nor did London. So surely if you put all that together... If you include those those places, two of which are probably our strongest areas, surely that that lead would be would be bigger. Uh, explain to me why I'm wrong, Tom, because I've been scratching my head about this.
1: You're not wrong. It's selective reporting, and it depends which angle that you're coming from. You're right in saying that you know the the councils that were up this time aren't necessarily very good for us. I mean, I'm not going to tediously read them out as I'd plan to, but the the Gate the council games, sorry, that, that that we actually won a pretty stark. I mean, you look at, we gained Blackpool, we gained Medway, we gained Plymouth, York, Thanet. These places, Stoke, Swindon, these places are completely different to one another. It's not like we're just winning up north and losing down south. We've won Plymouth back. York was a great win against all the Lib Dems. Denver. You know, councils across the board, and, and Brighton as well against the Greens, who I wouldn't trust to run a bath, let alone a local council. So... You know, this the, the, there is selective reporting going on in, in the thing that you talk about, but as well, expectation management has been set by the party, but the media likes to set their own expectations as well, regardless of what we say. So it's very important that we just keep on with positive messaging and do um, explain the benefits of a Labour government to people. We, we did that well uh, over the last few months. There were a few things that I think we'll come on to just before you know polling day and and in between the podcasts that we recorded that didn't help um on student fees etc um and things like that which we need to talk about this at some point and we might have to do a separate pod about it but how do we deal with tackling the greens because this is a new challenge for us um and they are eating into a lot of our vote our, our traditional vote among students and young people um, and not just students, young people, people that are disillusioned with the Labour Party. So it is a new challenge for us, and there are new things that we have to we have to look at properly. And it's not just a fight against the Tories anymore, especially if you want a big majority in government. But in terms of what we did against the Tories, who lost just short of the thousand seats, I think nine hundred and fifty something, then you know, all is well at the moment. We can't get complacent and, and the media will let us. So I suppose that's a positive.
0: I think it was over over a thousand actually, because the the expectation management was a thousand, wasn't it? Which was mm-hmm. the real high end that they, um, the Tory expectation management specialist came out with, and they actually exceeded that. But I'm sure it was about fifty. Uh, anyway, we'll have to look into that. Let's park it with the Greens a second. The Lib Dems, I think, because that's an important point. I think we need to talk about it. Um, the the going back to those historical local elections. So 1996. Labour got forty three percent of the vote. Nineteen ninety five, so nineteen ninety five is when uh, London, Wales, etc. were were included. I mean, you, you you you'd probably argue now that we're stronger in London than we ever have been. Actually, so in nineteen ninety five, Tony Blair got forty seven percent. As I say, they won one thousand eight hundred and seven in nineteen ninety six. When you take away London, uh, Wales. And Scotland, he got 43% of the vote. So from that, you can see that there's uh, 4%. He, he went down 4% when you take away those strong areas for Labour. So, I mean, you know, it's a, it's back of the fag packet type calculations this. But I think he'd be fair enough to expect to add on another 4 or 5% to the 35% we got and looking at about 40%. I think, you know, with the Tories doing as bad as they are, that's when you think about the, the elections we won in 2005, we didn't get anywhere near 40%. So you're right, we're winning on all over all over the place. And yeah. I, I mean, I was really pleased to see, Tom, that we won places like uh, Mansfield and Brockstow, Earwash Valley, Amber Valley. These are places I'm originally from Mansfield, as I, I, you know, I mentioned every other podcast. I, I must say I've not mentioned that I'm a social worker for a for for at least two podcasts now, so yeah, I was gonna uh, say, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll just should... call
1: this was we'll, this one James as a social worker, and,
0: uh, and then that <laughs> I'm a social worker from Mansfield. Anyway, I've got both things in there now. But yeah, I was really pleased to see that we won those places. I, I, I have been canvassed there uh, quite regularly over the past five or six years. I mean, Mansfield's got 16,000 Tory majority now to 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 take over the council convincingly. I mean, that is, that is a, quite a turnaround. I've not campaigned for a couple of years. I'd like to go back and see what it's like, to be honest. Against,
1: I mean, against one of the most vile right-wing MPs as well. It's very, very satisfying. Um, but the, two things. I mean, the first thing about uh, the historical comparisons, I think they're useful to an extent of understanding the kind of cyclical nature of our politics and that it is largely a two-party system um, and how how the Tories and Labour kind of bounce off each other in terms of uh, mathematical results. But I think it can only go so far, you know, because obviously we've been out of government for a long, long time. And and we've definitely and the last time we were in opposition before this stint was even longer um, because we had 13 years in government. So, and we've had, I mean, not to mention a pandemic and a war in Ukraine in the last few years, but Brexit, all the things that have happened in between, um living standards have changed considerably for the worse. Um, and then during the new labor years, they changed for the better. You know, so, so much has changed back and forth that I don't think it's completely helpful to be looking at historical results, as tempting as it might be, because that's because we're not in power very often um, to look at the most recent results. I, I, I just think um, the best case, the best way to look at it this time is to look at the specific councils where we gained, which, as you said, was was pretty impressive and, and surprising actually. I didn't expect us to do that well in some areas, especially in York, um, where, you know, the Lib Dems were really strong and and the Tories collapsed. Uh
0: yeah, but... But there was a local issue there in York. One of my friends yeah. who who I work with is is a newly elected councillor in York now. And I think he was I think the Greens are in coalition with the Lib Dems. In York. Yeah. Certainly the liberal run running the show, but they brought in all sorts of crazy new things, taking away blue badges and things like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, it's, it's
1: hyper-local issues like that, but then there's there's the factor of turnout. You know, in in Leeds, it wasn't very high, but in my ward, it was 25%, you know. So, and and turnout in general is, uh, even in my ward, which is a relatively low turnout all the time, is, uh, you know, over double that. Um, So, and that, that does benefit us. Voter ID definitely played a part in that, which we'll come on to. In fact, we'll talk about that next, I think. But um, in terms of turnout and looking at the the numbers of the results, I think that's an important factor. And people that report this know these things largely and choose to ignore them because they have a specific narrative they want to peddle um, at this moment um, for whatever reason. And um, maybe some people, you know, just, just write these things because it's it's a good selling point, a good talking point for their piece, which I completely understand, but it's not always accurate.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and of course, we've changed so much as a society, it's almost impossible to have a, draw any parallels with even the um 1997 election you know it, it's useful to have a lot history is 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 not an exact science as any historian will tell you i think actually the things to learn as well from the elections in the 70s and you know the industrial uh, industrial unrest and things like that and uh polls being a little bit tighter and the country being uh being divided in many ways in a similar way to who we are at the moment but again it's it's not perfect the parallels to draw and and it can only go so far and sort of telling us where we are at the moment I think really we're just all we're all just desperate so desperate for a Labour government we're trying to find any way to sort of see if we're any metric we can to see if we're on track because we're all terrified that they might get in for another four or five years and ugh, that I mean I don't know if the country would cope so maybe that's why we're all sort of looking for some sort of comfort in in history. Um, Yeah, let's talk about voter ID then, because Labour turnout was down in pretty much everywhere that I campaigned when I looked at the results. uh, Labour turnout was down. Tory turnout was obviously down further you'd expect that we knew Tories were staying at home we knew that was going to happen and we knew that that would be part of the reason why we do so well in this election so we can almost sort of put that part that to one side but I think a better comparator um, or or metric to look at how voter ID is impacted on this election is to look at um, look at the Labour vote and I think uh, I looked at say, for example, I looked at um, uh, Wakefield. A lot of the Labour vote was down by about 2.5% across the board. I think a lot of that is to do with voter ID. There is voter apathy out there as well. That's definitely got a part yeah. to play in explaining what's going on. You know, the Labour Party's not come out with a thumping manifesto yet that's enthusing people to go out on the ballot box, certainly not in local elections. Not that you'd expect that in the, in this part in the electoral cycle, but I think voter ID's had a, a big part to play what do you reckon?
1: I think it's had a big part to play, but I think it'd be kind of remiss, and again, that word complacent of us to just blame it on on for the for the low turnouts. I think um, the the main the the main driving issue was that these issue these these elections, the local elections, they always have low turnouts. The fact that they were down relative to in some places relative to previous elections could have been voter apathy, could have been. Um, less targeted campaigning because it's not a general election and i think everybody knows that there's been like less activists on the ground this year i don't know if that's hangover from covid or um people less infused with the leadership i, I don't know everyone's got their individual reasons but I, my my experience is that there's been less um less numbers in terms of activists um in, than in previous years uh but turn yeah turnout definitely had a huge part play with the voter id issue because with voter id every local authority in the country is required to keep a, a tally of how many people were turned away um per ward uh, and i went around the polling stations on polling day and every time i got the numbers to monitor turnout i asked like everybody did how many people have been turned away today and the total of people that was that were turned away throughout the day was eight and six of them came back which i, I really didn't expect um, I didn't expect people to come back I thought that would have been 8 people turned away and 8 people yeah. not coming back to vote but you know people were going to lead City Council ID badges uh, which they thought yeah. would be okay because it's got the date of birth and vote yeah. on um, and apparently yeah. not um, which was laid out in the rules to be fair but it's still ridiculous it was, it's yeah. um, but the other thing is that and this is something we covered very briefly on the last pod that the amount of people that didn't bother to go vote that would have voted anyway that that can't be monitored and, and that's they, the point isn't if it they were put off, yeah if they were put off by having to take their ID or knowing full well they didn't have any ID and they missed the deadline for the voter authority certificate then that that that's impossible to monitor and the tories will point to these low figures of people getting turned away like it's a big victory for voter id well the opposite argument, our argument, must be that, and I I spoke to several people on the door that said, "No, I'm not going out because I don't have any ID, but I would have voted Labour. you know. Absolutely. And, and I spoke to tens of people, tens yeah. of people, and that was just me. So I'm I'm sure that that I'm certain that that had a part to play in the low turnout. But the Tories will point to this figure over and over again, saying it works when it it does work for them because it it lowers turnout, and that's that's always good for them, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, absolutely agree with everything that you've just said. I knocked on so many doors where people said they're not going because they don't have the ID, and as you said, it's impossible to quantify that. Not just that, I spoke spoke to two people. Uh, this is across the whole of Leeds slash and Wakefield, where I was where I was campaigning this yeah um that said they're not going on a point of principle because they've got id but they don't want to go because they're like why should i have to bring my bloody id just
1: giving them what yeah.
0: they want exactly like... uh, no know. i know and you know they blamed it on the council and they thought it was council bringing it in and they were labour supporters um and as a protest they weren't going to vote um i tried my best to turn them around and you know we need to send them a, the tories a message etc it was the tories that brought it in they don't want you to vote don't let them we um, suppress your think, vote.
1: Yeah, we oppose this, and I think I'm right in saying that we've committed to repealing it. I think it'd be morally and politically ridiculous if we didn't, and I'm sure we will. Not that I have any authority to say that, but I'm sure we will. And and you know, it it, it is beyond help sometimes <laughs> because I, I I did have similar conversations. I did end up getting people to go out and vote, or they were good. But I also had the opposite where people, you know, were so angry at the voter ID thing that they made a point of going and they probably wouldn't have bothered usually because it's a local election, they don't really mm. care. So yeah. it does work both ways and I did encounter some older people who were conservative voters who weren't going to vote because they didn't have any ID. And th- there was a heartbreaking story, wasn't there, about that? Was she in her 90s, that woman? And I can't remember where it was in the country, but she was Not in her... Yeah, she was in her 90s or something, She's very elderly. She's voted in every election since since she was 18. And and that's a lot of elections, every mm-hmm. local general and referendum, every single thing. And she got turned away from a ID, and she left. She left the uh, the polling station in tears. I can't remember where it was. Um, but that is just vile politics, isn't it? If that happens, and what 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 kind of democracy is that? Well, how many? We talked
0: about it last time. We've talked about it in previous podcasts as well. The amount, the incidences of electoral fraud you can count on one hand across the entire country. Now, the Tories might say, well, you know, in total, there was only four, or 500 people turned away from voting in this set of local elections. That's a heavy price to pay for, for one or two cases of electoral fraud per year. I mean, talk about a sledgehammer to crack a nut, but not just that. It's the moral point as well, isn't it? And Especially, and might be a little bit too far to say this, but there is a war going on in Ukraine for democracy, and it feels so undemocratic to do this. It feels so... What's the word? Help me out here, Tom. I don't want to be um, accused of being hyperbolic, but it does seem hypocritical no, no, in right. a sense.
1: You're right. It's the, the, the kind of value contrast behind rightly sending support in arms and financial aid to a country fighting a tyrannical regime and then enacting draconian laws in your own country, which includes the anti-protest laws that they've recently um, put in and forced the police to arrest peaceful protesters at the coronation. Um, You know, things like that. It's just completely at odds with what they espouse on the international stage. I understand that the the difference in, you know, it is hyperbolic, the difference in you know, supporting Ukraine and turn out at a local election is not comparable. But at the same time, the principle still stands and you have to you have to stick to your own principles all the time. And if you're doing one thing and then if you're saying one thing rather and then doing another when it comes to democracy, then our adversaries abroad will point that out at some point, I'm
0: sure. Well, it's a thin end of the wedge as well. Suppressing local people from voting in local elections doesn't seem like a, a huge step away from, democracy and democratic process. But actually, it doesn't take many more steps before you really are impacting, having a significant impact on our democracy and and what that means for our society as a whole. So, you know, small steps and and we've got to keep an eye on them. We've got to fight against it. And and hopefully Labour will when we get in government. And I'm sure it's uh, it'll be one of the first things that we
1: do. Greens then. Greens, yes. They gained one council, we need to do another pod about this with with somebody that knows more than us <laughs> but you know, um, the Greens gained one council overall in mid-Suffolk from no overall control but they also gained 200 seats which is pretty impressive um, and and did run us close in some areas, or closer than they usually do especially in Leeds when I was looking at the results and across Yorkshire, mm. the region they came second in a lot of places um, with votes that would have usually largely this is a bit presumptuous but largely have gone to us you know um and these are usually areas with younger people um students and um people that are in a kind of from a lower economic background um so it, it's definitely a new challenge for us because the greens have never been a force in british politics they've been forced out of Brighton's council by us because they can't run it. They've no experience at all in running local authorities. Um, but they, but we can't bank on them staying like that forever. They might, you know, get better at these things and and then it will become a, a challenge for us because it'll split our vote against the Tories. And what, the, one of the few similarities between us and the Green Party is that we both want rid of the Tory party. Well, they say that until they get into coalition with them, of
0: course. Well, what was the council where they've just propped up the Tories? There's been one or two cases this year. They've done a few. I mean, and they've, and done it. It. they've done it
1: in Leeds, but I mean, nationally, nationally, the, the Green Party want the Tories out as much as we do, I think. Um, sure. But, but the, terms, the it's local something.
0: councillors, that. Uh, I mean, you couldn't imagine, say, if you've got a small group of two or three... Labour councillors propping up a Tory council. That would just never happen. Whereas the Greens are happy to prop up Tory councils and they have done it this year. So it's a different
1: mindset, I guess. Yeah, and we need to amplify that where possible. But at the same time, we can't go at the Greens like we do at the Tories. We can't go at the Greens on incompetence, really, because they've never had any government experience. We can't go at the Greens on a moralistic argument because they think they'll always win that. And we can't go at them on single issues because... People will just think that the the, the, the Greens because they've got no uh kind of legislative liability because they know they're not going to form the next government they can just do what the Lib Dems used to do and just promise the earth completely you know well that's
0: <laughs> that's yeah exactly but it's interesting that 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 vote that protest vote is starting to split a little bit Lib Dems have always been the protest vote and have been able to take um safe Labour seats up in the north and safe Tory seats down in the south. It's interesting how they can um change their clothes depending on their audience. Um the Greens seem to be taking up a little bit of that space up in up in the north and in the cities. I think we got away with it this set of elections. A couple of percentage points um down, um a couple of bad headlines or whatever it might be. Um, and I could see that this set of elections, we would be talking perhaps the entire podcast about the Greens and the gains that they've they've made in um, up in the north and the big cities. I mean, they, they took us close in a couple of seats in Leeds. Let's face it; I won't go into too much detail, but you know, they much more much closer than they've taken us in 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 the past, and we've got to keep an eye on
1: that. It was the same across country, and it's because you know, if we say we're going to be net zero by twenty thirty, they'll say twenty twenty nine. you know they can always go one further than us because they've got no liability no one will ever hold them to account for these pledges because they'll never be in government i imagine you know and and yeah i think it did damage the lib dems but the lib dems did gain 415 seats Mm. it wasn't a bad night for them either but that was probably i imagine and from the conversations i had was tories going to vote lib dem because they couldn't bring themselves to vote labor um, which I can which I get that. But I'm sure they'd have done better if it weren't for the Green Party, because as you say, they're not the party of kind of left wing progressive protest anymore. It's the Greens. Um and you know, and there's there's no UKIP and things like that anymore for people to run to. So that that probably would have um affected turnout and increased the Greens gains.
0: I don't think it'll have a big impact in terms of a general election and the outcome of the next general election, but it'll certainly have an impact. Um, in local government going forward. Remember, local government deliver most services. And as I said, if they're happy to prop up Tory councils, I I can see in in years to come, if we do get a Labour government touch wood, that we'll see the Greens having a much bigger impact um, in the seats like in, uh, sorry, councils like in Leeds. uh, And we'll see them really digging into that Labour vote and and perhaps supporting and propping up Tory councils, which will have a big impact on, on people's everyday lives.
1: Yeah, and we need to make it clear as well, which this is absolutely the case, that we are better than the Greens on climate change issues. They might say shoot for the stars on the headline figures of net zero and things like that, but there's no plan in place for jobs. They don't care about jobs. They they they'd rather they'd rather save the planet than keep people's jobs in place where that doesn't have to be a business that has to be made. It's not one or the other. You can do both. If you actually turn this country into a clean energy superpower like we plan to, and you do create millions and millions of jobs in the process, better paid jobs, better conditions. They don't care about that, the Champagne Socialists.
0: Well, they are also the party of the suburban Nimbys as well. We saw that in Leeds in particular when they took a safe story seat of, of Weatherby. So you have a party there that, yeah, on principle, because they are protecting the green belt. But of course, what they're not doing is uh, weighing that up against the need for uh, social housing and good quality, affordable, green social housing. And how important that 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 is for those communities. So it's a funny old party, the Green Party, at the moment, isn't it? It's not what it's not a bunch of hippies, left wing hippies at all. It's um, it's much more complex than that. And you know, perhaps those, as we said, those sort of suburban hippies, they're, they're more than happy to prop up Tory councils. So
1: it's much more pragmatic to... than it used to be. And I do, I think it's worth saying that I think this, the Green issue, will affect us at local elections more than it does the next general election mm. if we win the next general election and we're in government then people will use the greens to give us a hiding you know over yeah. whatever happens in between now and then there's always a protest vote there's always people that aren't happy with their progressive government you know progressives that aren't happy with the progressive government so so we'll see but I, I i think at the next general it won't affect us as much this might be famous last words but it won't affect us as much because you know, people are hell-bent on getting rid of the Tory government, so I think next time they will just swap... If they want to vote Green, they might just swallow their pride and vote Labour, but we need that to be a reason to vote Labour. There's never any... It's never good to have people voting for you reluctantly. We need to give them our vision and, and, and prove it.
0: Yeah, so you've heard it here first, we both agree Greens going forward may be a problem Let's uh, not be too myopic And focus on the general election We do need to think about local government And we're all about that here at the Open Labour Podcast Since we're both councillors so Okay, I think that's uh, a wrap Tom Thanks for coming on the show again today Hopefully we'll see you again I know you're
1: going to be very busy Well, I mean, I appreciate the results were good for us But we must continue Because the day we get complacent is the day we lose So let's not do that Thank you very much Tom. See you later. See ya.